Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Tapp, and I'm joined by my co-host, my wonder twin, Megan Spangler. This week, we discuss our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 reviews and thoughts, and so, so much more. I'm really excited. I'm so excited. Spoiler warning for you guys. Attention Marvel fans, if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yet and don't want any spoilers, now's the time to hit pause and come back after you've seen the movie. We'll be discussing some key plot points and surprises that you don't want to miss. You have been warned, officially. (laughs) You've been warned, guys. Spoilers ahead. Be careful. Tread lightly. We've done all we can. We don't want to hear it if you get spoiled. Listen at your own risk. So, what did you think? So, I have to say, I loved it. It was definitely, I feel worth the wait um i have some thoughts on certain things that i wish would have been a little different but i will say overall it was a fantastic movie james gunn did a really good job um i feel like it was a great like ending to that epic trilogy and i was so i was emotional there was a lot going on and i just it was just fantastic we're gonna get into all of it but i i overall i just thought it was a great movie what did you think I have to agree. I think it's my favorite Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy movie now. It just, it was so different than the usual Guardians movie. Usually they're fun and exciting mm-hmm. and humorous, but this was like, I feel like we needed this in the MCU. We needed these dark moments. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, I know in the past couple episodes, we've been talking about how we want a little bit more grit in the MCU. We want a little bit more of that darker tone. I feel like this movie did a great job of delivering that while also keeping lighthearted and fun. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's it was definitely a really great swan song for James Gunn. Like, he went out with a bang. And he's the first he beat Deadpool oh, at yeah. saying the F word in the MCU. That is so funny to me. Yes. I, I can't even put into words how funny I thought that was. I loved the F-bomb. I felt like it was it was so natural. And it just yes. like, if you weren't like listening for it, it just fit in so well. It wasn't like, you know, the big F. Like, you know, it wasn't it made a big deal. I love that it was Star-Lord. I love how naturally, you know, Chris Pratt delivered the line to Nebula of all people. Like, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I, I loved it. Like, my panties dropped. It was fantastic. <laughs> like, no lie. <laughs> It was so natural, and they didn't even plan it. They were, James Gunn said that they were recording it, and he told Chris Pratt, hey, go say the F word when you do this. And it just worked. It it was, like, you're right. If I wasn't listening for it, it would have just blown straight past me. It was so freaking perfect, because we've all been in that angry situation. Like, just open the effing door. Like, it it just makes sense. Get in the effing car, yeah. Yeah, it was perfect. That, like, I have some issues with the movie, but, like, this was a solid movie. Very solid. They did really, really great. And there was just so many surprises. Like, the fact that Lila died, Lore, Teefs, and none of the Guardians died. I, yeah, that's true. I was surprised at that. Um, Honestly, like, I, given how so many of the actors of the core cast have been, like, teasing being in a dc film or not wanting to come back as the character or you know what have you i was really expecting for some deaths and i'm truly surprised that there weren't any like i'm like i'm blown away by the fact that no none of the main guardians died like it's just it's insane we've been discussing who do you think's gonna die for months now and we were all wrong (laughs) 
that that's just totally all of us were wrong every single one but it was done in a beautiful way it wasn't like quantum mania where it felt like okay like someone could have died you know and we would have been okay Mm -hmm. this was this made sense to me drax he ended up being a dad to a bunch of little girls that was cute and nebula is turned out to be in a leader kind of role nurturing people and providing them a safe space that was beautiful mantis i don't know what she's gonna go do i i don't know what her plans are but she really <laughs> was just like bye <laughs> like mm, i'm not sticking with you guys anymore star lord went and found his family his grandfather who is very mm-hmm. old so I'm not sure what they're planning to do with that because he's already going through depression of losing so many people. Rocket, he stayed. Groot stayed. Kraglin, I thought Kraglin was mm. dead. I thought he was going to die. I thought I thought this was going to be his swan song, to be honest with you, because you kind of see him not being very helpful. <laughs> you, you really wanted Kraglin to die? <laughs> it made sense because, you know, his brother's going to D.C. or is at D.C. and he does whatever James Gunn does. So I thought the, throughout the mm-hmm. movie, Kraglin hasn't been very helpful, not really showing much. He, he's trying, but he doesn't show much. And then he just doesn't die. He just keeps it moving, which is fine. I like Kraglin, but still didn't make sense to me there. And Groot spoke words that were not, I or we are Groot. Yes. I audibly said, what the F in the theater so loud. I can't ever go back to that theater now. It was so loud. <laughs> You're banned. <laughs> no, it's just, just like, but I don't know why I did that. It, it, but it, it really threw me off. So I, when he says, I love you guys at the end. And I, first of all, it was very sweet, obviously. I mean, that hits you right in yeah. the heart. Like, of course, we all love Groot. We, we, you know, we lost Groot early on. And then we slowly gained him back and watched him grow. So it's been like kind of nice to see him develop and mature over all this time. But mm-hmm. One thing that I read actually yesterday was that the reason why he said that at the end is because it it makes sense when you think about the movie and you think about specifically about how Gamora or this new variant of Gamora was interacting with Groot the entire time. She couldn't understand him. She couldn't understand him. And then finally she starts to understand him towards the end. It's kind of like you have to kind of get used to it before you can kind of like understand what he's saying. And it's something that I read that I don't know if it was James Gunn or someone from the movie came out and said that the reason why he comes out and speaks at the end like that is because the audience is officially becoming a part of the guardians of the galaxy and we're able to understand him fully that's why and it's like when i heard that i was like oh my god that makes so much sense and i loved it now at first i didn't like it but now i now i like it i didn't like it until i read i think it was james gunn that confirmed it that's Mm -hmm. when i was like okay okay there's a bigger meeting meaning it wasn't just like Here's a bone for the fans. There, there you go. Like I, I didn't. If it if that was exactly. the case, I wouldn't have liked it. But it does make sense. I'm glad he actually confirmed it pretty early on instead of waiting and waiting. I don't know if like Vin Diesel just started complaining about the lack of lines in the in the movies, <laughs> or like maybe now he'll he's gonna be getting more. That's why. Like now we all understand him, so there's no excuse. Like I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> And I found out that was why I was like, really? They really put Vin Diesel to work in this movie <laughs> as opposed to the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vin, uh, easiest job in Hollywood, baby. I know. Four, four words for years. That's all you got. 
and you're still making millions. I I, I respect it. You, you're doing the dream, my friend. Me too. Me too. Living my dream, at least. Yeah, right. But I really do like that this wasn't a romantic kind of movie. Uh, I like mm -hmm. that Gamora stayed the same energy throughout the movie. Like, I don't know you. I am not the Gamora you loved. I That's not who I am. I just love that. I loved that. Because I was really nervous towards the end. Like, when she started understanding Groot, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do something where she remembers everything. And she falls in love with him again. And I'm just going to die. But she didn't. And I was so happy. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. You know what? Now that you say that, I kind of have to agree with you. I mean, I have some thoughts on Gamora that I'm going to get to in just a second. But yeah, you're right. I feel like they did go against that cliche. I feel like in a lot of these films, when things like this happen, I mean, it's a pretty unique storyline. But whenever you have something similar with time travel and people not remembering or whatever the case may be, it's always like there's this one aha moment where oh, it all comes flooding back and like we're together and we love mm -hmm. each other the whole time it was meant to be and this movie really like they were like nah this is not gamora sorry like this is not gamora it's so badass yes it's true yeah. i i do have to say like i i liked that vibe from gamora however i will say um i did have some complaints about gamora's character and the handling of her um starting off with the fact that zoe saldana came out and said it before the movie even came out that she was not returning yeah. Yeah, that, I didn't like that she did that. I didn't either. I, and it wasn't like she was urged to say it either. She just said it. I think Chris Pratt said that mm -hmm. did the same thing like two days ago. He kind of spoiled it that Starler doesn't die. I don't know why they do that. Like that annoys the piss it's true. out of me. Like make like how it's like with the Marvels trailer and it showed Nick Fury and I was like, okay, so Nick Fury doesn't die in Secret Invasion. I don't know why y'all had to do that mm -hmm. to us. Why did she say anything? But then she left it open saying, I would love for Gamora to continue and be recast. And it's like, girl, you're just making it worse. Yeah. It made no sense. Like Dave Batista. He said like a year mm -hmm. ago he was done. Why? Why did you feel the need? It, just, just shut up. We could have just... Because everyone... Their number one person who they thought would die was Drax, which he didn't. Mm -hmm. But still, like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to give us that information. You could have waited at least until the press tour after the movie premiered when it was already mm -hmm. spoiled. What, what, I could go on forever. No, I, I totally feel your frustrations on this. And I'll, I'll, I'll say that the fact that she said Gamora wasn't coming back and then they left Gamora's storyline, like, completely wide open, like... It just, it really bothered me. And then it's like, not only that, but you see in the, look, here's, here's where I'm coming from with this. Let me just start at the beginning of my thought process here. The first two Guardians films, very heavy on the Peter Quill, Gamora romance, like buildup. Like the first movie, you see them bonding, you see her coming out of her shell. They're like connecting. Then in the second movie, you, you know, we, we finally get them kissing. We see them like really like falling for each other, feeling for each other, connecting on a really, you know, deep level. And then all of a sudden, you know, Endgame happens and, and Infinity War and, you know, Gamora's dead. Um, and then we've got this variant of Gamora, which I think sets up like a whole thing now that they've got this variant running around in our universe. Like there's so much potential, even if they didn't want to address it in this film specifically, 
so much potential for more for her character. Like they they gave her like like this gold mine of stuff that they could have easily like she could have made appearances in Loki. She could have, you know, been like on the run from the TVA. She could have, you know, there's so many things. Like I feel like, and then in this film, you see them reconnecting a little bit. Like Amora's kind of like, okay, like he's kind of cute. Like I was kind of against this before, but now I'm kind of seeing what everyone was saying. You know what I mean? Like he does yeah. have a charm, and you could kind of see her kind of like, okay, well, wait a minute now. You know, so I didn't like the fact that they were doing so much setup for her character if she was not going to come back. And then when Zoe Saldana said, Oh, well, I want her to continue. I want her to, so do I, but I don't want her recast by someone else. I want you to play her. I like when you yeah. do it. I like your performance. I don't want to see someone else. It is interesting that she came out and said that when the movie was done make being made. Like, she, I, I don't know if she's already told Marvel she didn't want to continue. I, I don't know anything about that. But they made a movie about setting up this whole situation with her and the Ravagers. And uh, it, it almost, it looked to me like, her and Nebula would see each other again someday. But then right mm -hmm. before the movie comes out, she says, oh, no, I'm done. Well, then. Well, that was kind of useless then. All that build up in the movie. Because I would have really liked the yeah. series about the Ravagers with Gamora. That would have been insane. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh. How did she get with them? How did she how, does she know them through Quill? But then she can't because that's the wrong Gamora. There's so much there that we just didn't so get to see. And she just she just pulled that carpet out from under us. And I'm offended by that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And the thing is, is that I know last year there were some like very like faint rumors that there was like a talks of a Nebula Gamora like sister show or film. And I actually really like that idea. I think mm -hmm. that Nebula and Gamora like should have a film or some kind of a project where they get to be sisters and they get to talk about their childhood and they get to really forge a new path for themselves in their relationship i feel like that's so important and i think that would be an amazing film like just to see these two badass women you know fighting each other fighting others like you know coming together for a common goal like you know just seeing like the, the culmination of all the build that we've had in the guardians films kind of play out in that respect i would have loved that um yeah. and she just kind of crushed yeah. my hopes and dreams and now i'm like i don't <laughs> want anybody to be recast as gamora I don't want somebody else. But you know what? Here's the thing. If she had not wanted to do this before, like, I feel like what the smart move would have been, and if I were the one running things, in Endgame, instead of having the same Gamora from, well, but then again, I don't know. It kind of would have been tricky with the whole time travel thing because they were going back in time of their own universe, not of a multiverse. But she still could have been, like, slightly different, you know? Like, we're in the multiverse now. Something could have been done. Some little loophole could have been found to have recasted someone as Gamora that could look a lot like Zoe Saldana, but slightly not. It could have been done. They could have found yeah. it. Yeah. It, it's just how it is. And we've had so much growth from Nebula from when we first met her, when she was oh, working yeah. with Ronan and working for Thanos and slightly working against Gamora, but still on Gamora's side because they're all you know, the bad guys, to now, to where she's taking care of all these children and all these people that have nowhere to go. They're literally at nowhere. That's where they live. You know, the, all that growth, just for us to never see her again with her sister, who's the only family, technical family she has. She even said mm -hmm. in this movie, I, Gamora said, I'm family, and she said, he is too, pointing to Peter. 
that's so yeah. such beautiful growth and it, it just kind of sucks because because those rumors about her and gamora having a series together that would have just been perfect for me like that that would have been that would have been incredible because i feel like we never got to see them work together enough we always saw them working against each other mm. or just passive aggressively around each other but never you know sister and sister team on team kind of thing like we would have seen if it continued no i totally agree with what you're saying and i i'm kind of bummed and i don't like that she said that and i don't like the fact that there was no finality because there's some of these characters like what you mentioned before dave batista and her have both vocally saying they are not coming back to these roles so it would have been perfect just to, you know, have their stories end somehow, like, you know, some heroic, beautiful way. And I don't know, I just feel like with Drax, like it would have been it would have made sense for him to have died. Like he could have had this big hero's death, could have satisfied Dave Batista, given him that how Dave Batista is always complaining that Drax was never, you know, put through like what he was in the comics and his storyline was like watered down, this and that, all those comments he's always making. Could have given him a big juicy send off like that. Could have given him like a hero's death. And then we wouldn't have to worry about Drax anymore because, now, you know, that's the thing with these characters. You know, it's the same thing when you think of like Captain America, for example. Cap was not shown dead. Cap was shown as an old man, went off into the sunset. No one knows what happened to him. No one knows if he's still alive. Is he on the moon? We continue to ask Chris Evans, like, what's happening? Are you coming back? And he keeps having to play coy about it. I mean, I must, I think yeah. he will eventually come back as something. But it's like yeah. the same with these characters. Like now, no one's going to leave Dave Batista alone. No one's going to leave uh, Zoe Saldana alone. I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think he really did set himself up for failure with that. Why not just kill him off? He Dave Batista has been so adamant that he wants to stop. Listen, what it comes down to, they want to follow James Gunn to DC, which is smart because if you like a director, you you're going to so? follow him 100%, mm -hmm. which is fine. But, you know, I'm not against it. But why would you keep Drax alive? If now I feel like you have to work around a story if you want to have any more story with Nebula because Drax yeah is still mm -hmm. alive like you just made more work for yourself like if he would have died trying to save all those little girls that makes sense to me actually i don't know if they're all girls all the little white-haired kids all the little children all the little, yeah. all the little albino yeah. children <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know what they are they're beautiful though their gray hair was gorgeous mm -hmm. it was really cool aesthetic yeah if he died trying to save all of them I feel like that would have been a really cool circle back to his daughter, his daughter dying and he couldn't save mm -hmm. her. That I just feel like that would have made the most sense. Why would you not go that way? I don't know. I don't know. And you know what, though? I take these things these actors say with such a grain of salt because yep. I feel like when Marvel wants something done, as long as there's not some big controversy or some big falling out, they get these actors back when they want them. And I'll point to the example of Hugh Jackman, who 100% said he was absolutely done with Wolverine after Logan. And look at who's coming back. Look who's getting in shape, posting Instagram yeah. videos every other day of him working out for Logan for uh, Wolverine. So yeah. I I don't know. I feel like, they're, like there's plenty of room for negotiation. There's plenty of room for, you know, getting these people back when they need them to clean things up. I mean, who knows? Maybe Dave Bautista will suit up one last time to just kind of put an end to Drax in the next movie where Nebula appears, like you said. Or maybe, you know, Zoe Saldana will do, I don't know, some kind of animated series where she'll just have to do a voice acting gig or something. Ooh. Who knows? I mean, either way, I, I hope that would be really cool. They could just make them canon, make uh, 
what if canon and have them do voice acting for that because Dave Bautista has always said it's the makeup that kills him. So maybe yeah. there's that, but I feel like that's always exactly. their last resort. I feel like that's their last resort excuse. Saldana said the same thing, but then she got a little more clear and said, I signed on for one movie and it's 10 years in now, which I get, but we love you though. Please stay. Don't do this. Don't break yeah. us like this. I don't know. I have a feeling that, that this finality they're putting on this may not always be final. I mean, Dave Bautista has been saying for a long time, he doesn't want to continue because of the storylines and this and that. I feel like if, if Marvel were to be like, Hey, we're going to do a, a Drax and Nebula film. We're going to go into Drax's backstory. Finally, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to make it like amazing. And he'd be like, yeah, why not? I just, one thing that bothered me about Drax specifically is the nipple situation. Like they made <laughs> such a big deal in the like, Guardians 2 that he has sensitive nipples. And then not only did he have a, sh yeah, they made such a big deal to make it, you know, a, a known plot point. He doesn't wear shirts because his sensitive nipples. And then he, like, not only in this new movie is he wearing shirts the entire time, but in the Guardians ride, when they, which they also filmed in conjunction with this film, the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind and Epcot, he's also wearing a shirt. Uh, so I just don't understand why they couldn't have been like, I feel like it would have been so easy for Mantis to be like, why are you wearing shirts all the time now? And he said, I lied about my nipples or something. You know, like it would have been so funny for yeah. him to have included that. And it would have like made more sense. But I don't know. I will say I really loved seeing Mantis come into her own in this one. Because usually she's the, yeah. the little lamb that needs to be protected. Or you don't want to hurt her feelings, you mm -hmm. know. But this one, bad ass. Like, I love that she was joking around oh, yeah. so much. She stood up to Nebula. She told her off. I, sh there was one part that kind of like got me a little bit when she calling Drax an idiot. And uh, I feel like that was never addressed again when he's like, you think I'm an idiot? And he was like genuinely hurt. So she just erased his mind. Forget. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why are, how often does she do that? And well, I need to know more about this because she just, dropped that little flex and kept it moving which it's so crazy yeah I and mean, i think it's so funny that you brought that up because in the beginning of the film they're like oh why don't you just make like peter happy you know he's like suffering and depressed and like getting drunk and she's like oh it's not nice to like you know manipulate your friend's emotions and then she does it to Drax for like no reason she's just like forget like shut up you know she's like is it really that hard to be like oh happy like feel better for peter but not Drax? like i don't know i will say when she made that security guard fall in love with Drax that was probably the greatest thing I've ever seen in a theater oh my god I love because that. that was top tier acting from Dave Patista. like I know it doesn't seem like much but you could see how uncomfortable he was but he was trying to be respectful but he knew what was happening but he felt bad for the guy there's so yes. many of you and he was just like yeah okay bye have a good day it was just it was brilliant and she is just dying. It was we amazing. Do something like that. It was just so perfect. Oh my god! Yes. It was so relatable. It was honestly hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. I loved it. Um, he was really good in that scene. You're absolutely right. It was such a nuanced performance, like just a quick one. Yeah. He killed it. He did such a good job, and you could tell it, it was not the first time that she's done that to him. So he's like, damn it again. <laughs> <laughs> So you didn't read spoilers before you went into the movie. Did you have any of it spoiled? Mm -mm. None? 
you know what? I had no spoils for this film at all. I'm thinking about it. Wait, let me think for a second. I don't know. Nothing was spoiled for me this time. Wow. Oh that's my God. awesome. Oh, my God. I read the spoilers about awesome. two weeks ago. So I knew everything okay. that was going to happen. And I think it's interesting mm-hmm. hearing our different viewpoints from someone who had it spoiled versus who didn't have it spoiled. Because mm-hmm. we we are like polar opposites when that happens because you avoid it like the plague. You have nothing to do with spoilers. You want to mm-hmm. go in clean slate. But I like to know what happens. True. I Because there's <laughs> some instances like love, a Thor, Love, and Thunder. I read the spoilers. If I hadn't read the spoilers, I would have been livid when I saw that movie. Because I... <laughs> Because I hated that. I I did not like that movie one bit. So if it wasn't spoiled for me, I would have sat in that theater pissed. But what are your thoughts on people who get movies spoiled before you see it? So my thoughts on it are are this. It depends on what kind of a person you are. Like, if you're the type of person that likes, like, for example, to go to the last page of a book to read the ending before you buy it, (laughs) then spoilers are your bread and butter you must love that um people like me however who are like very like i want to go in i don't want to know what's happening i want to be completely surprised and i want to just enjoy the ride like i don't want to know anything in advance um it just depends what kind of a person you are how you like to absorb like narratives how you like to you know get that sort of information it really just depends on your personal preference now one thing i'm curious about megan you read all those spoilers were they all accurate were there anything that you read that like was supposed to be happening and didn't happen or no we everything we read was down to a t and they usually are i'm not the one who finds them but it was very mm. accurate it was to a point that it mm. says lila dies at this moment and none of the guardians die I think even one of them said Drax wears a shirt this whole time. I don't know how they do it. Wow. But it's wild. So I look at it like it, it's hard to put into words, but our good friend from the group, Admin Clayton, explained it in a better way. Like you can read a book before you see a movie. Is that spoiling it? Or is it you just know what's going to happen? It may or may not happen. It's not, you know, like. You get spoilers, you get one scene, one, one part will happen for sure. And it's cool to mm. see it come to life because spoilers, they don't paint the picture in your head. You just can read the words and know that this is going to happen. It's still really fun to see it happen on the screen. So I, I like, I love them. Ever since Avengers Endgame got spoiled for me, that's when I was like, okay, I'm just going to embrace it now. It's going to get spoiled. Might as well. <laughs> Which is cool because we have a Marvel group. So I don't know how you didn't get it spoiled. That That is such a feat. That is insane. I don't know. Like, I'm so good. Like, I feel like a, like a spoiler ninja. I'm so good at avoiding <laughs> it. And I, I do all these different things to, like, really, like, avoid it. Like, the first thing I do, I obviously, I get my tickets early. I go on the first available day that I can go. Now, especially yeah. that my job allows me to go on a Thursday, like usually for these premieres, like that's the day I go. I go the first day because I'm like, I don't want it to be, I don't want any risk of any spoilers from anyone about anything. Like I want to go the first day. I want to see this information. I want to have it. That way it's like, I know what happens. I don't have to worry about it getting spoiled. Second thing, if I can't do that, I mean, I use like every like resource on my social media that I can to try and block 
like anything. So like, for example, on Facebook or on Twitter, like Twitter, you can mute certain keywords. So I mute like if I'm not going to see the movie or uh, coming up close to the movie time, like it's going to premiere. Yeah. I go in and I mute all the words that are related. Like I mute guardians, everything associated. Same with Facebook. I'll mute any word like that comes through, like for our group, for example, I'll mute anything related to guardians. And then if I start to read something that could be a spoiler, I like immediately close it. Like, and I don't, <laughs> I don't read the rest of it. I'm like, nope, nope, not happening. <laughs> now, once in a while, if I do happen to read a little something, like by mistake, if I'm just like, you know, reading through and I read something quickly without like, you know, paying attention, it's like, oh shit, that could have spoiled like something big or whatever. I come at it with the mindset of until I see it in the theater, like when the movie comes out, nothing is confirmed because as we know in the past, like for example, Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness, there were all these spoilers, all these leaks, quote unquote leaks and spoilers for like, Oh, Spider-Man's going to be in it. And this is going to, you know, break open the Fox universe. And Dr. Strange is going to be with Wolverine (laughs) and Deadpool and this and that. And it's like literally like zero of that happened. Yeah. So that was a good one for me mentally to be like, okay, so like if I do read something that I didn't want to read, like it, just take it with a grain of salt because it may not happen. And, and like, I really try and like forget it. I'll like push it to the back of my mind and like really try. But I feel like sometimes that backfires because when I'm really trying to forget something is when I remember it the most. So it's a fine line yeah. and it's a balance. And I feel like just embracing the spoilers would be easier and less stressful, but oh, I got my system and it works. So it is what it is. Whatever makes you happy. It's a... I tip my hat to you because that's a lot of work and I'm just not willing to do it. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, like, is this a spoiler? I, I, I'm here for it. Uh, just like with Ant-Man Quantum Mania, the entire plot, like the script was leaked and yep. you really, like, it's getting harder and harder to avoid spoilers. It's just, they make it mm-hmm. so easy now. And then there's the mean people that want to spoil it for you with, multiverse of madness everywhere i commented around the internet except our group because it's awesome someone would Mm -hmm. i think it happened six times if i commented about something marvel related someone posted a screenshot of john krasinski as as mr fantastic wow yeah i was like sucks to be you i already knew so (laughs) (laughs) god You can't hurt see, me. Yeah, see, yeah, that's so much less stress. See, because that's here's the thing, though. When I see stuff like that, I just convince myself, okay, it could be a Photoshop, could be like you know, deep fake. You know, everyone's oh, been yeah. wanting him for this for like a million years, so I don't know. I like, would Marvel do it? Like, I, I just make myself second guess it so much that I'm like, hmm, could not be true, and then that that helps me like mentally get through it. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, because a lot there of was this going on with this. Well, yeah, because there was the fake leaks going around where it was Tom Cruise as Iron Man. And I was like, please be fake. Yeah. Please be fake. And it was. So that was nice. So it's just, you take everything with a grain of salt. But I, I like the spoilers. I like things to be ruined for me, apparently. I'm a glutton for punishment. That's fine <laughs> in my life. That's, it's like the one thing I can control, can control when I see a movie. Mm. So mm. it's like, you're, you're just along for the ride. I'm going to love the movie either way even if it's spoiled for mm. me because I still, it's still fun. It's still a Marvel movie. It's still, you're seeing these characters come to life and these things happen exactly. that you just, it, you just might as well enjoy it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it can be hard, especially because it's like for me personally, like I'll finally get to the theater and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. It's going to happen. I'm just a few more minutes and I'm going to get started. <laughs> and 
And then I'm like walking to the theater and like getting snacks. And I'm like, like all of a sudden I start hearing someone like talk about the movie. Like, oh, I heard this. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Nope. Nope. Like I'm like not so dramatic, but I'll definitely like walk away. I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Some theaters have posters on the wall that say, do not discuss the movie on your way out. I've seen that a few times. I've never seen that. Yeah. They, uh, they have one of those that, that have that here. So I, I'm pretty sure they just, they're so sick of it. I get it. It's if you don't want it spoiled and you're walking into the movie and someone spoils it, I'm, you want to throw hands. I get it completely. Oh yeah. It's the worst. It, that, that's like a betrayal from a fellow fan. Truly. To me. <laughs> it's like, you know, at least keep it low or like, you know, like on the DL, if you're discussing stuff like that, because not everybody wants to hear it. So just be respectful. Agreed. Damn it. Agreed. Like, uh, I'm, I'm still processing the movie because I saw it 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a 7.8 out of 10, but I think I'm going to raise it mm-hmm. to 8.5 because you just, you just okay. watch it. Yeah. You just watch it for the first time and you're like, okay, got to digest. It was okay. Is it better than this one? Did anyone die? No, but <laughs> I, <laughs> <Megan>. <laughs> I, you're just, the Marvel murderer. Ever since Quantumania, I'm just like, why? 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 Just, <laughs> just water it down some, get someone out. I don't care. Hope should have died. Yeah, so <laughs> Hope, Hope and Hank should have died. Not stick by that forever. <laughs> but someone we haven't brought up was Adam Warlock. <gasps> yes. 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 And I'm glad you brought him up because mm-hmm. number one, I was I was impressed by Will Poulter's performance. I know a lot of people were saying he didn't get enough screen time. I feel like that was intentional because I think they're going to bring him back in a bigger capacity moving forward. Um, I think there's a lot more story for him to tell. And I, I, I kind of like that. They kind of just gave us like a brief intro on it. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like there should have been a little bit more like character development, like not character, like just a little bit more of like how the high evolutionary was involved in his creation and like, you know, the sovereign and all that. I mean, I know they kind of explained it quickly. I don't know. I felt like there could have been a little bit more meat to that story, but otherwise, I mean, I'm sure they can expand on that in the future. You know, he is a guardian of the galaxy now, but yeah. I thought he was hot. I like the gold. I want to oh know what's God. in his forehead. And I, I, I thought he was funny. He had me dying. I know. I loved him as it. I was one of those people at first that was like, you hired eyebrows. What? But he, <laughs> but he did. He did so good. He looked so good. The, the part where his shirt was burned off was just, I felt blessed. But Ooh, he chef's kiss, chef's kiss. I see it both ways. Like I would have, I don't really like the whole, you pulled him out of his cocoon early. That's why he has the mind of like a 10 year old. I, I don't like that much unless it sets us up for, I don't know, like a special presentation of that whole situation of what happened, mm-hmm. why he was in a cocoon. Why'd he pull him out? What is going on with him? But I do think that they're going to put him through a maturing phase where he's a Guardians of the Galaxy now. He has responsibilities. He has a pet named Blurb. Hmm. Was that the name? Blurb? I, think I actually so. don't know. James Gunn said it in his Twitter when the trailer dropped. And I'm pretty sure it's Blurb. And uh, some, not <laughs> Blurb, super fans oh. of, <laughs> some not super fans of Marvel turned around. So I can't go back. But... I liked Adam Warlock. I think he did really well. He looked really good. The thing in his head, mm-hmm. I'm I'm confused, but I'm here for it. 
but I think a special presentation would be really cool. But I do, I'm kind of irritated that they put him in the Guardian so fast. Because in the comics, he's very much on his own. If he's not alone, he's mm-hmm. accompanied by Gamora or Drax. So why did you instantly make him a Guardian when we could have got that solo story first? That's what I wanted, mm-hmm. and that's what I didn't get. We might still get it, but I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of plans for him coming up. I feel like we have a lot to explore. I feel like they purposely didn't give us a ton in this film because they want to deep like dive into it in the future. I kind of almost wish, though, like since there was such a big um, tease with him in the, the previous film at the end, I almost wish that he had been a little bit more prominent to the storyline, but they were trying to balance the High Evolutionary, Adam Warlock, and then the, wrapping up the Guardians for this final trilogy. There was so much ground to cover. I feel like James Gunn did the best that he could. I feel like now it's up to Marvel to kind of iron out like those little things. Like, you know, like you said, a special presentation would be amazing. You know, a future movie where he, you know, is featured prominently would be great. So much that they could do for him. And I, I'm here for it. I'm excited. I like this character. I like the tease that we got. I, I just want more. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing with that as well. Take a character in a similar position, for example, like Mantis. When we first see mm-hmm. her in Guardians 2, She's this very, like, subservient. She's just very, like, sheltered, very innocent, not a lot going on, like, not a lot of life experience, kind of almost the same character as, like, not the same, but very similar origin. And now, you know, we we, we see her in Infinity War and Endgame. We see her, the Christmas special to me was, like, this huge growing point for Mantis. Like, we finally actually get to see her as her own character instead of just a sidekick, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And now it's like she she was such a big part of Guardians Volume 3 and she was such a big part of the heart of the film. And I I like the fact that she's going off to explore things on her own now. That's kind of where we leave her at the end. Like she's got so much ground to cover. She's got so many things to experience, so much to do. And I'm happy to see that because she's always, you know, it's like she said, she's always been either with Ego. Now she was a Guardian and, you know, now she's like, I want to figure out what I want to do, what I want to be, who I am without you know everybody around me always telling me what to do so i think that that's kind of going to be a similar situation to adam warlock and i honestly like i could see them hooking up because they are so similar (laughs) in a lot of different ways yeah that i could really see it i could see it well in the comics adam warlock has a pretty hot and heavy thing with gamora which is which is interesting yeah so we're not going to get that clearly thanks zoe but (laughs) Um, <laughs> unless they recast uh, even though it's like do you even want it it'd have to be someone amazing yeah or they just don't give him a romantic anything I, I wouldn't mind that at all it's true because I like him I would really just like to see him on his own coming into his own figuring out what he wants to do because he's very much he's more of an anti-hero in the comics so why is he he goes from just doing what his mother says, what the high evolutionary says to, I'm just going to, you know, look over the whole galaxy, you know, just career choice. But it's, it's, it was a very interesting way to go about it. But I do think James Gunn was like, I know this is the last film. I don't really have a huge place for Adam Warlock, but I really want to put my take on Adam Warlock. I really want to go for it. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think that has something to do with it. Because I would too. I would want to be, like, if I'm leaving Marvel, I'm like, oh, no. I'm getting the chance at the one character I wanted to try. None of that's confirmed. That's mm-hmm. just what I assume it's he true. thinks. 
Ravagers was cool too. Sylvester Stallone was really great. I like seeing him. Yeah, he was very good. And I, I'm like really surprised that Tara Strong, who plays the voice of Miss Minutes in Loki, took over for Miley Cyrus as mainframe. Like I was like, I mean, it was like one sentence in the movie and it's like, Miley, really? You couldn't just record one sentence? Like what's going on? There's something weird there, I find. So I'd yeah. like to know what exactly happened with that. And James Gunn that's... was asked about it last night. And he basically, they, someone asked like, oh, was she not available? And he just said yes. So who knows what that actually means. It, it's, you could have sent a voice memo, Miley. But Yeah, it was literally one sentence. But I feel like that's very odd because Tara Strong is such a big presence to have for one sentence. So I found that kind of odd. Yeah, you know, I found a lot of the voice acting in this movie like the who they chose to portray a lot of these characters especially like you know for example like the the, the animals that rocket is with um and all that all of his like little friends like you know lila and floor and uh, teeth like they chose a lot of either actors that had appeared in marvel before or actors that like were like very prominent voice actors for such small roles like tara strong came back to do a second role as as mainframe she's already miss minutes linda cardellini who is hawkeye's wife uh, Laura Barton Laura. in Hawkeye yeah. and in Avengers Age of Ultron. She came mm -hmm. back to do Lila the Otter's voice, which I found interesting. And I just, I wonder what the decision behind that was. So I find that kind of odd. I usually would, but Marvel is pretty, they're, they're used to double dipping in their own cast they have already. So they could have been like, hey, mm -hmm. <laughs> since you're already here, since we already talked, can you just come do this for me right quick? Which leads me to think, like, are we about to see Laura Barton somewhere? That she was just available to do this voice acting? Mm, that's true. Yeah. That's really a good point you made. I don't know. That was just a big moment. And I was like, uh, she really could just show up somewhere because Hawkeye isn't around. She's going to show up somewhere. We mm -hmm. might as well be prepared for it. So Laura could very well show up as a cameo. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, when you think about, like, Tara Strong, I mean, she they just are in the middle of finishing up Loki if they haven't already. And it's like she probably was like in the booth, like doing her her lines as Miss Minutes. And like, oh, hey, would you mind just like reading this for mainframe real quick while you're here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could totally picture what you're saying. I don't know. I just want to be in a fly in the wall for so many of these little moments making this movie because there's so many things mm -hmm. I know we've I know we missed, such as apparently Pete Davidson is in the movie somewhere as a guard. I didn't see him. Yeah. He also voiced something else. So I don't know. I didn't know he was cool with James Gunn. We learn something new every day about this guy. But I would have mm -hmm. liked to known that before because I love Pete Davidson. Yeah, me too. I would have liked to have like at least been, you know, aware to see it because that's not really a spoiler. It would have been cool to kind of play like, where's Pete Davidson? Like, where's Waldo? Yeah. <laughs> it would have yeah. been fun. Uh, it reminded me of like in the Star Wars movies and the newest ones they made when they had like Prince Henry, Prince Harry and Prince William as stormtroopers, like, and they, but they made that known, I feel like beforehand. So that was yeah. cool. It was kind of like, which one is it? You know? So that was kind of awesome. So it was kind of felt like that kind of a vibe. I really love when they, they come in for a cameo, but they're not shown as a cameo. I really like that Star Wars did that. Cause Game of Thrones kind of did a yeah, somewhat of the same thing with Ed Sheeran. Like you didn't really know he was there until you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really like that. I love I love the randomness because Pete Davidson is the most random guy on the planet. Oh, so totally. that was a that was an odd one.
moving on, Megan, what were your thoughts on Chukuri Iwuji's high evolutionary performance? I want to hear what you thought. I have never seen someone play someone so un- unhinged so perfectly. Yes. I need to see more of him because I was scared. Like <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad that is not me on that screen because I would just cry. He played mm. that so well. He might actually be crazy in real life because that there's just no way he just did that they didn't, without any prior knowledge. It was, oh, it was fantastic. Like every scene was just, it was top tier. Every scene, even when he wasn't saying anything, you could see the crazy in his eyes. And I liked it. My only issue was, I, I don't know, I don't know what the point of him trying to get Rocket was. Like, what was his end goal there? So supposedly, according to like the narrative of the movie and what his motivations were, at least the way I understood it, was that he was trying to get Rocket's brain so that he could study it because there was something different about Rocket's brain that made him so intelligent compared to the other things that he was creating, like the other animals that he was mutating and like, you know, experimenting on, that he was able to like solve like complex equations and like intricate problems with things. So it was that that made his brain so valuable that that's why he was trying to get him because he was starting this new race again of people that he was creating. And although he could like program them to do things, there was that autonomous thought that Rocket has, that brilliance where he's able to like take machinery and turn it into like explosives and just make bombs out of crazy stuff. And just the way he 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 thinks and, you know, for being, you know, a raccoon, I guess that's what, yeah. you know, what made him want to capture Rocket again. Yeah, so that's okay. why I understood it. That's what I thought was at the beginning. And then towards the end, I was like, I, it, it didn't make it clear that that was still his same end goal. It's just, I need Rocket. I need him. He he can have an original thought and think things through without being told the first time. He knows problems before mm-hmm. without having to learn about them. That was, I thought, God, he was so brilliant. Oh my God. It was so good. I loved the High Evolutionary. I thought the performance was fantastic. And I feel like part of the thing with him and Rocket was that at the end, when you see how he tries to make these like perfect creations he tries to make the universe better and then you see how rocket like completely disfigured his face like in that scene where he like scratches like the living shit out of him badass Um, it was very badass but i feel like that part is what made it personal because at the end when you see them finally show down and he's like look what you did to me like to think that you like like you were you think that you're above me i'm the creator i'm god he had this total god complex and Honestly, when you think about it from like an allegorical perspective and you think that like, you know, the high evolutionary had this severe God complex. He wanted to be this God revered by people that he created. And then you see Rocket is kind of almost like a Jesus type of character. Like it's his like it's his chosen son, the one that's like the smartest, the one that he's made that's the best. And then you see like Rocket, you know, scratch his face off. And even though he has this like ego about him where mm-hmm. he thinks like, oh, I'm the best. I'm the one creating all these people. I'm the one in control. I'm the God of my own universe. Um, and then you see this creation of his taking him down a notch, scratching the shit out of his face and disfiguring him so badly that where it's like, and, and then the fact that Rocket ran away and got away from him, it, I feel like that also was like a personal thing to him. Like, oh, one of my creations think that thinks that it's better than me. Like, absolutely not. So I think that's also part of the motivation for the whole that's what made that was his driving force. Like the the yeah. initial thing was his brain. The driving force was the fact that Rocket got the best of him, and he did not like that. I think that that was a big part. 
especially as a villain who is so obsessed with perfection and looking perfect. He said he made Adam Warlock's uh, species just as an aesthetic project. Like he's clearly yeah. obsessed with perfection and Rocket made him not perfect. I'm, I'm trying to catch that little rodent exactly. too. But they, he didn't yeah, die. Yeah, it's true. Like, Mar- I think Marvel's learning their lesson because he's still alive. Well, he didn't wasn't shown dying, but they left it open ended. They left it completely open ended, and I love that because, like you said, Chukuri Wuji was incredible in the role. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly because I I was worried. I tried to practice a few times before we started, um, <laughs> I, I but I thought his performance was it was incredible. Like he was like the emotion was there, the villainy was there, like. He made me sick to my stomach with the stuff that he was doing. And that was just, it was so, it was such a powerful performance. And I, I really hope that Marvel brings him back. I feel like there's so much um, storyline for the, for the high evolutionary to tackle. I mean, you've got like his connections to Wundagore Mountain, his connections to Wanda Maximoff. You've got connections to like all these different things. I really hope that they bring him back and that they utilize him again. I think that it would be a mistake not to. He was so fantastic. Honestly, 10 out of 10 performance on his part. Really great awesome and a really great villain like the stuff he was doing really nauseated me and made me feel like sick like the the animal testing stuff was terrible and i i i was i'll tell you i was really crying in that movie theater like there were a couple moments where i literally had like real tears because I, the emotion it was pulling out of me was like wow especially or like surrounding like rocket's friends and the part where they were like all expecting to get out and he's like, oh no, just incinerate them. Like, and I was like, oh no, please. Like, it was just, it was wild. It was so good. It was very good. I really liked him. So I didn't cry, but I almost teared up at the time, at the part where Rocket finds all the little raccoons and they come and hug him. I was like, oh God, oh God. Don't. That part. That was really cute. That part murdered me. But I don't usually cry at movies, so stone cold you are stone cold you want everyone to die you do not shed a tear you do not give any fucks i don't i just don't i like <laughs> I, I, I like dark things and it, it makes me happy <laughs> okay wednesday relax relax ah, it's just my my vibe yeah yeah it totally is um but just some final thoughts on on guardians um i i really like the movie i i really want to see a lot more of these characters i'm so happy star lord is continuing when i saw that i was like it almost felt like okay like at least someone is being confirmed to come back at some point because it felt like everybody was leaving leading up to this film everybody was talking about wanting to go to dc everyone was talking about leaving i was like who's gonna be left in this movie to watch and it was Star-Lord, and I was happy about that. And I, I've discussed this with you recently, but I don't know what it was about Star-Lord in this film. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it is, but Star-Lord was doing it for me in this film 100%. You know why? Not, you know why? I don't know what it was. He was a tortured why? soul in this movie. He wasn't funny or goofy or a dancing around or starting all these funny little fights. He was a tortured, depressed soul. It was dark. It was gritty. I wanted to help mm-hmm. him. I think that's what it is. Like it's, and I don't even like Star Lord, but this angry. I know, me either. <laughs> yeah, this this like angry, upset, about to jump out of his skin version of him. Just it did it for me for him. He just he was sexy in this one. I liked it. I yeah, 
I I don't know. I I totally reevaluated my views on Star Lord, and it's like and <laughs> the thing is here. Here's the fine line. Like Chris Pratt is one thing, Star Lord is something else, and Star Lord yeah. is like is definitely something else. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I and I watched the Guardian. I watched Guardians one in preparation for. This. I didn't have time to do a full rewatch, but just in Guardians one, like seeing his like his just I don't know. Like he got that vibe, and it just it really hit me this time, and I I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. So and I don't know if it's because like you know like Star Lord is like one of the more attractive men that we've gotten recently. And there have been, there's been quite a few um, female-led projects. I don't mind. I love them. Um, but yeah, this was like leading man vibes. And I was like feeling it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we haven't got a good thirst trap of a leading man in a while. I think so. <laughs> so true. Yeah. <laughs> we need that sizzle, Marvel. Bring it back to us. Yeah, because we had Quantum Mania. I mean, Paul Rudd is beautiful, but he's not a thirst trap, in my opinion. No. Like, he he's he's a perfect human being, but I don't lust after him. We had Wakanda Forever, female led movie. Mm-hmm. What was before that? Namor was, n- yeah. Oh, right. Namor. Main, mainly like attractive side characters, not like main character. So I totally yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. Plus, it, it really helped to see him say the f word. That kind of kind of got me there. I oh, <laughs> something about that like. Like I said before, panties dropped. I don't know what it was. It was such a simple, like, get in the fucking car. And it just, I was he like, had, yep, that's it. i in the car, whatever you want. He had edge this time that Star-Lord has been desperately missing. Because think about it. Ever since Thor came into it, Peter mm-hmm. Quill has been somewhat pathetic. Because mm-hmm. he's comparing himself to Thor. Gamora has a thing for Thor. And he's like, I'm better than him. I... I can do better. We saw him in Love and Thunder, which was a trash movie, in my opinion. But <laughs> it, he wasn't much there. It was just, oh, you're staying here? Great. And then Infinity War, he messed it up for everyone with Thanos. He came back and didn't do much in Endgame. So he's kind of been letting us down for a while. And then he's here. He's angry. He's an alcoholic. He has a lot of internal battles going on. He says the F word. He's slightly more bearded this time. His hair is a little longer. He's unhinged, and I mm-hmm. like it. I agree. I have to agree. I kind of liked seeing him a little disheveled. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy he's coming back. I'm happy he's coming back. I'm happy they left Nebula's storyline open. I want to see more of Karen Gillan in this role. She's incredible. Another one. James Gunn, I'll give it to you, and I'll say it. I, I, he, he's a great director. He really knows his stuff when it comes to character development. Because when you take, like you said before, when you take a lot of these characters from their first appearance in either in Volume 1 or Volume 2, and then you compare them to now, all the different things they've gone through, you see that the characters are written so well. They're so richly written, and their their growth is so evident, and it's beautiful, and I love that. I want to see more yeah. of Nebula. I want to see more of Rocket. Such an easy character for Bradley Cooper to portray. Just keep doing it, buddy. You know, you got a few more in you. I know it. Same with Groot. <laughs> Um, same with Star-Lord, Drax and Gamora. I know you guys will be back if they offer you more money, so stop playing. I know we're going to see them again. I'm manifesting it now, and I just can't (laughs) wait for the future of these characters. Yeah, I I think we're going to, I think we're going to see a few back. There's just no way. But, yeah, it's a good movie. Highly recommend it. I give it an eight and a half out of ten. Yes, and I'll give it an eight out of ten. I totally agree. I, initially I was 7 out of 10 but then now that I've had time to digest it's like yeah it was mm-hmm. 8 out of 10 it was very good only a few little tweaks would have made it better one of which I would have liked to have seen them mention Thor 
that would have another thing I forgot to mention before. I would have liked to have seen him at least mention Thor. It felt like that whole thing just never happened, and that kind of bothered me, but it wasn't a huge deal. So. Marvel wants us to forget about Love and Thunder. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 discussion. We are so excited for this film. We hope you guys love it. Let us know your thoughts. You can join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on Twitter at MediaverseU and on Instagram and YouTube at Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Our new episodes premiere Wednesdays on Spotify. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now.